What is up, everyone? And welcome back to another edition of Bored and Nerdy on a Tangent. Season 2, I believe we're on episode 4 this week. And everything in the world is on fire today. Um, can't confirm. As my co-host, who's normally in the top left, is not there. And I am a floating head. But Dale is here in voice this week. Dale, what would you like to set on fire today? Well, apart from the world... Uh, everything else, everything part of the world. It's just, it's just a frustrating day. It's one, it's one of those days, you know, everyone has them. One of those days, most certainly feeling like a freight train. Uh, so guys, let's, let's talk about real life for a moment. Um, you know, cause normally we start off with a little, how you doing? How's everything going? And, um, you know, I, I got I to gotta start off, Dale, because I said I was going to save this for when we went live. Mm-hmm. I woke up today initially in a fantastic mood. I got an unexpected snow day yesterday. Super Woo. pumped. Played video games for most of the day. Uh, played Sea of Thieves last night with Carl and John and uh, our other friend, Ashley, that I don't believe you know. And we had a good time sailing the seven seas. They add some new quests in that were pretty dope. You know, Sea of Thieves doing Sea of Thieves things and, and continuing to support their great game. And I woke up today full of hope and then read my text messages. Uh-oh. And I have to I have to tell you, man, something that bothers me a great deal is when I don't hear from you for six to eight months at a time. And the first line when you text me is not, hey, how are you? How you been? At least faking like you give a shit about me. But it's like, hey, I need something from you. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so I woke up to two different texts from people this morning that were like, hey, man, I need shit from you. Even though we haven't spoken in forever. And I ignored the past two times you tried to reach out to me. And then I followed that immediately up with a phone call from a buddy of mine that does a lot for me in life. He's actually a really good friend and, and we have each other's backs. But... He also was like, hey, man, I need something from you right now. Um, and it was just kind of like when you start off a day thinking about all the great things you're going to do and all the things you have planned, and then everybody wants your time. And uh, most of them don't deserve it. It's something I'm working on in real life is getting better at being like, no, fuck you. You don't deserve my time. Sure. Uh, but it was it was a way to start the day that just... uh. Oh, bro, my coffee tasted bitter this morning. My (laughs) eggs were burnt. Like, you know what I mean? I just, it was not, ugh, the world was a little sour today. Um, But then I I did our research for the show tonight while drinking that super bitter coffee. And uh, I won't lie, man, that that kind of put me back in a good mood. I'm excited to talk about what we have to talk about tonight. Um, But I know you had a day, friend. Here it is, your therapy session. Get it off your chest, my man. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a rough day. That's, that's, that's what it comes down to. Um, I I don't know. I don't even know where to begin. It's just small minuscule things that start to pile up on, pile up on, pile up on, start to form this huge mountain where it's just, it's stressful. It's not even like a whole lot of stuff. It's just a lot at once, burdensome, overwhelming annoying and it's just i'm over it yeah (laughs) 
I, I mean, I think for those listening, be like, what people ask you to do something, it was overwhelming. It kind of to Dale's point, man, when, when a lot of little things get piled up on you, it, it's a pain in the ass, you know, especially when you got your own stuff to deal with. Um, but Hey, we're here. It, it's Saturday. It's bored and nerdy night. We got great material to talk about. I get to spend time with Dale, which is always something that lifts me up and makes me feel better about the world. Um, but Dale, buddy, last night I, I watched you in that that I'll, I'll call it a foyer, and you kept trying to jump on people's heads, and they kept dodging. <laughs> and I felt for you. Um, are you still solely on Final Fantasy Tactics? Uh, yes. Uh, as far as like the normal stream game, uh, still on Tactics, still going through it. We're in the last chapter now, uh, looking to probably wrap it up in the next week or so. Uh, I have started a new segment I called New Game on Thursdays, where I've gone through a couple of the Humble Bundle games that we've talked about uh, a couple weeks back. And I've got to say, I've enjoyed both of the ones I've played so far. Yeah, I saw this Thursday. Didn't you play that uh, Resident Evil knockoff is what we were calling it? Oh yeah, yeah I did. Okay, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna have you save that because next week, uh, for those that weren't here, I believe it was episode two. We began talking about this. Uh, Dale and I are going to be dabbling in the this month's humble month, uh, not monthly humble choice choice yeah. uh, games, and letting folks know our thoughts on it. I've got uh, Minoria is my first one on deck. I I've been meaning to set time aside for playing it. But I've just been following that intuitive gaming. I've actually found myself a new group of gamer friends that actually enjoy playing Tarkov. Um, so we've been having a lot of fun with that. But I'm actually really excited to get into it. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to get into the. Uh, I already forgot what you said that Resident Evil knockoff was called. Song uh, of that's Horror. Probably, Song of Horror. But that's probably because I'm really bad at spoopy games. So I think I'm going to pretend I, I played it vicariously through you as you explained what it was like. Um, yeah, fair enough. I mean, as someone who's not a spoopy gamer myself, um, it was fantastic. Spoiler. Uh, we can talk about it more in detail, but I definitely recommend uh, a look at it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not against it. I usually try to save spoopy games for times that it's appropriate to be spoopy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I have not yet dove into the games I want to play. I, I am going to set quite a bit of time this week aside for them. Um, I don't think I'll get to all of them on stream. I'm probably going to have to play a lot off of stream. I do want to play Minoria on stream, though, because I do think that's a game um, that I'm going to finish on stream. And I, those little platformers, I'm kind of addicted to them uh, in a sense now after Hollow Knight. And um, what was the other one I played that was really good? It was uh, the messenger. The messenger ended up being really good. Ah. I put quite a few more hours into that one, um, off stream, and and that one ended up being good. I think I got that one through Humble Choice as well, the messenger. If not, I got it for like a couple bucks on Humble Bundle. I know that I got um, my copy off of the uh, the Epic Game Store. It was one of the free games a while back. I have been slacking on the Epic Game Store. I know they've had a few good free ones, but I just I know I'm not going to play them. And, um, I mean, there's no reason I can't claim them, but it's just, it's something about knowing I'm never going to actually play them that, mm-hmm. that has me not claiming them. Uh, 
I have been back on the Tarkov kick hard. Uh, still doing the Minecraft stuff. Uh, John and I have made some progression. I actually have a big surprise next time John gets on that we have a a dungeon situation to go take care of, um, which I'm hoping he'll enjoy. Ooh. And then uh, Sea of Thieves, obviously, as I said, uh, we we played that, and I think that's going to be kind of a a regular thing with Carl. I don't know if John will always be joining us, but um, you know they have Sea of Thieves on the game. Pa- is it on the Game Pass? Actually, I don't think it is on the Game Pass. I think it we just suckered a bunch of. Yeah, I think we just suckered a bunch of our friends into buying it. Um, so I have some brand new Sea of Thieves players. We we sunk a couple ships on Friday night, and uh, I think Carl enjoyed that very much. So the the actual pirate aspect to Sea of Thieves. Still praying that the the folks from the five and red M community somebody somebody takes Sea of Thieves and and makes it so that we could have RP Sea of Thieves. Um. I just think there's so much potential there for, for RP in that game and the world that they've created. So not really too much new, a lot of old stuff just coming back, but that's what I tend to do is a good game cycle in and out of my life. Um, but we got a lot to talk about this week. I was not aware primarily because there wasn't as big of a deal made about it. Cause it was 100% virtual this year. I was not aware that this past weekend was BlizzCon. Um, or is it this? It might be happening today. It's happening Actually, today. I think it's still. Yeah, I think it's it was still ongoing going on earlier today. Yeah, so they they had some announcements and some stuff uh, last night and this morning. Um, it's currently happening as we're recording the show, and there was a uh, pretty decent and, and big sized uh, Nintendo Direct, which I didn't realize. Listen, guys, this is my ignorance. For those of you who know me know I'm not a big Nintendo gamer, even though I like a lot of the Nintendo games. Um, I grew up on Mario and Zelda. We've talked about that kind of stuff in the past. But since the 64, I haven't really messed with... I, I had a Wii, didn't really play it, did not mess with the Wii U. My Switch has minimal playtime on it. I'm on my PC most of the time. But this Nintendo Direct got me excited for a lot of things. So as we move into what I want to talk about, um, I'm going to kick it off with something because I don't think Dale's going to be excited for it. Let's hear it. But I am. So the the first piece of Nintendo Direct news that really got me going, I think it was one of the first games they featured on the the announcement, whatever whatever you want to call the the presentation, was Mario Golf. Now, this might not seem like a big deal for a lot of people today, but Mario Golf, the original, was huge, mainly because it's the only video game my father ever played. And my dad and I used to play Mario Golf in the winter when he couldn't go and actually golf. And my father spending 50 of his 65 years in Florida, being up in the cold state of Connecticut with the winter, the snow and the bullshit. Um it was the only game I ever got to play with my dad and I loved it. And essentially they're bringing back Mario golf in its original form. Um, really basic, you know, click a button to start your swing, click a button to try to aim within a range to hit the ball perfectly. Um, take account for wind, you know, just really basic golf mechanics, which is what Mario golf originally was. So the nostalgia bug for me loves that. But obviously, we don't live in the world of the old school NES. 
So what are they going to do to keep it up to speed and up to date? The Super Mario Rush Golf. It's speed golf. It's golf with friends, Mario style. So you can have up to four people playing. Everybody tees off at exactly the same time, and you're racing to see who could finish the hole the fastest. As you're going, there's power-ups you could use and items you could collect to mess with your friends. It's almost like Mario Kart Golf. Um, And that seems like a fun little twist that you could have on it. They're also adding in a career mode where you could level your stats as a golfer as you go. As somebody that played Tiger Woods, um, that aspect actually brings sort of a seriousness to it that I'm excited about. So we have the nostalgia bug of reliving the days of playing video games with my dad. We have, well, I'm hoping it's a fun and goofy uh, co-op slash versus um, speed golf version. And then the replayability or the grindability through the career mode. Um, this is probably the only sports game. I'm doing air quote sports because it's a Mario sports that I'll ever pick up on the Switch. And I was super excited to see that they're going to bring this series back. Any take on that, Dale? Uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely looked neat. Um, I'm out of all of the quote unquote sports I enjoy. I don't hate golf. I find it boring and slow, personally. But being like a party game with friends, it's it's fun enough. Uh, like previous Mario Golf games were uh, were neat. So I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think it's unexpected. I think it works very well. The thing that got me most interested, honestly, were the uh, the motion controls for the swings. Yeah, and that reminded me that was a how do I say this? It made me think of something that might be coming up later on this list. Yes. I was going to bring that as a connecting point up. It's a trend I saw throughout this too is, um, you know, I have a couple of fitness games on the Switch. Actually, it's pretty much all I use the Switch for. I have the Boxing and Ring Fit Adventure. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I haven't touched Ring Fit Adventure yet, uh, but the missus uses it every morning. Um, I've done the Boxing quite a bit. Since the Wii, I kind of feel like uh, even though the motion controls are in the Joy-Cons, I feel like the Wii, and not sorry, the Switch has kind of gotten away from it. Um, and when we think back to Wii Sports, and I think back to everything Wii Sports could have been. The motion controls weren't precise enough back then. I still don't think they are today, but I think they're better. I want to see Switch offer a VR experience, excuse me, a VR experience with either this console or the next one where the peripherals actually matter. And I really respect and appreciate that they're one of the only consoles out there that are really pushing motion control and not giving up on it. You know, we saw, uh, what was that God awful thing that Xbox had? Uh, the connect, the connect. Yeah. Um, PlayStation has tried to do it a couple times. I haven't personally used it, but there were like the little wands that looked like microphones. Did you ever yeah, mess with I those? I think there was a PlayStation Move or something. Um, I had you ever tried them. that out? I had never tried them out, though. No. Yeah, neither did I. But I, it kind of, not kind of, it does make me excited to see that they're adding the motion controls back in. Um, 
I would like it to be more precise. I don't know if it's going to be or not, but I will let you know when I do purchase on June 25th, Mario Golf. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I said it. I'm going to do it. All right. So, Dale, the next one I have loaded up and ready to talk about probably should have waited uh, as more of a pinnacle, but it's loaded up and ready to go, and I know you're super excited about it. Uh-oh. Um, do, you want, do you want to talk about it? Is this is this what I think it is? Are we talking yeah, about this, the top this is three what got greatest you, game of all time for me? This is what got you into speedrun, bud. Go ahead. Oh, my God. So a couple of days ago, I was watching the direct on stream. And the entire day, I was at work that day, so I couldn't watch it as it was airing. But I was talking about it in Discord, being like, hey, guys, we're, we're going to watch it tonight, going to talk about whatever's going on. And several folks were like, hey, dude, this uh this one was meant for you. This this direct is your lifeblood. Like, okay, that's that that's neat. Thanks. Cool. Let me let me let me take a look at it. Don't don't spoil anything for me. And then I watched it. And about 15, maybe 10 minutes in, I lost my crap, my shit, my everything over a remastered port. Of Legend of Mana. And I could not believe it. One of my top three favorite games of all time. The underdog, the black sheep of its series family, is getting love 20 years, 20 plus years after it released. I could not be more overjoyed. It still has the hand-drawn portrait background looking uh, a feel to it. You have like the original sprites overlaid on top of that, and they look a little jarring, but to me, that has a cute charm to it. You got local co-op. You got the... I I could go on for ages about how wonderful this game and how much this game means to me is. I'm pretty sure I've already gone through that before. (laughs) So I'm glad you brought that up because that was a question I had as I was watching this. I was like, man, the backgrounds look so beautiful, but the sprites look like they're straight off of some old school console. So did they actually just pick up and drop the sprites? Yeah, it looks like, I mean, it looks like they've been upscaled, but they're the exact same sprites on the on the maps uh, from the original game. So there's part of me that really likes that. Um, I mean, obviously... I, a little more cleaned up would have been nice because I could notice a difference between the sprites and the backgrounds. Um, I'm excited to get my hands on this. I think this is actually one I'll pick up, but if I'm going to be 100% honest with you, I'll probably grab it on Steam because it is coming to Steam. Yep. Um, yep. So, you know, this is one that I have had on my list of games I played when I was too young to appreciate them and did not get very far into. Um, so I'm excited to actually experience it, especially because of how highly you've spoken of it. And the last time you recommended a game like this to me, Rourke Drink, um, was Dark Souls. <laughs> and we all know what happened with me and Dark Souls. Um, so I, I feel like my relationship with a lot of my gaming friends is they recommend fantastic games to me that I end up loving. And I make them buy shitty games that they hate and only play for five hours. Um, you know, Rourke got me into The Escapist. John has gotten me into countless amazing things. The first thing that comes to mind, though, was Rocket League. I didn't want to buy that game. 
Um, and I think I have 10 times as many hours into it as John has. Oh, wow. Um, so, so, you know, when, when you guys tend to recommend me things, it, it tends to go well. So, um, I think this is another one I will, I will follow your advice on and explore it. Um, I was excited to see it as part of the conversation though. I will say that when I first saw the direct, I thought it was a Nintendo exclusive thing, which made me a little Mm -hmm. confused because it started off on the PlayStation one and then it's being poured over to Nintendo. Not sure what kind of like Squeenix deals were made, but whatever, but no, it's coming over to steam as well. And honestly, the steam release has me even more excited the game has local co-op. Steam has the option to play local co-op online on some games. And if that doesn't work, there's probably a third-party program that we could get to have to enable that local co-op play. I'm super excited. I am beyond excited to have this brought back. Dare we say he is ecstatic. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it, dude. And if uh, if you end up getting it on on Steam, I don't know what co-op means for this game. But, you know, obviously when I play a game that is of this nature, the first time I like to play through by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I would totally be down for if it's a game that doesn't suck ass uh, doing a co-op run. And I doubt it'll suck ass, man. You're not the only person that's spoken highly of it and said that's a game I would love. So, um, yeah, Basically- that, that's... Imagine Streets of Rage, but RPG. I love Streets of Rage. I love Streets of Rage. That is essentially how it plays like. I have committed ultimate sacrilege, and I have not played Streets of Rage 4. I'm waiting, because I, I know I know we're going to get into Humble Choice, which is why I haven't done it. I know mm. it's going to come to us in Humble Choice, um, and I'm very excited for when it does. Oh, man. I feel like I should have at least put like my Dale Pride picture of you up in the the corner today. It feels a little empty up there, bud. You know, <laughs> miss your miss your face, but your little slimes up there balancing, holding it down. So to kind of come back, which should have been next, but I didn't have it ready and loaded. In talking of the motion controls, um, which is about the only thing that got me excited about this announcement, which is why I'm gonna let you tell me why I should be excited about the HD remake of skyward sword ah yeah so we go from one black sheep of the family with legend of mana to the other black sheep of the family with skyward sword Uh, when skyward sword first came out it wasn't a great hit on the wii for a couple of reasons going from the realistic adult look of twilight princess to this really cartoony look of Skyward Sword. People thought that was a downgrade. People didn't really like it. They didn't like the art style. And you kind of had to get the Wii Motion Plus accessory to even play the dang thing because its entire gimmick was that you need to move the Wiimote for the sword. And if you can't do that, you can't play the game. And that threw a lot of people off of it. So I think it's fantastic that not only... For the what? For the 35th anniversary of Zelda, they are porting over, remastering the first game in their quote unquote timeline, the thing that started the entire world and current mythos. But they're making it so that you don't need 
the motion controls. Everything is going to be playable from the controller itself. And then they also have the motion controls possible. They're viable if you want to use those. And I think it's, I think when it first released, it was novel. I think it was a good experiment, maybe a little too ambitious for what it wanted to do. Even now, I don't think it's going to translate. I don't think the motion controls are going to translate perfectly. But as someone who didn't play it, I'm excited to see how serviceable it is at the very least. I I also did not play it. Um, but to know that... So I guess the part that kind of gets me excited about this is having played Zelda and Link on the NES, knowing that this came before that, um, and talking about the history of the, you know, the master, right? Like, this is how it came to be. Um, I, I'm excited to get down on it. Will, will I buy it right off of release? Probably not. Will I catch it in the secondhand market if available? I, I don't know, guys. I don't, I don't know if physical games are going to be a thing anymore. But um, Switch is the one area it tends to still be alive. I just have never really leaned in after the Ocarina of Time to 3D Zelda games. Granted, I did not play Majora's Mask, but um, for the vast majority of my experience with Zeldas after Ocarina of Time, I've been let down time and time again. Um, I am excited to see, though, if the, once again, how are the Switch motion controls? Mm-hmm. I would love for motion controls to work, man. I don't want to have to go out and buy an Oculus. You know, I would love some other option where I could get motion peripherals. Also, with my vertigo situations, putting on headsets kind of makes me feel dizzy. So if I could get that, like, I'm in control but not locked into cyborg headgear uh, augmented experience, I personally would love that. So... You know, as somebody that wants to support the continuation of these motion control projects, I'll probably get down on it at some point in time. Um, and if nothing else, just to kind of get the, the history of, of Zelda. Am I excited for it? Eh. Eh. Yeah, I mean, that's fair yeah. enough. Eh. I forgot to load up my, my next piece here. Uh, this one, I, I'm so glad to find out that this is a working title um because (laughs) dear baby jesus if this was actually the title i might lose my mind um i did not partake in the beta for this i don't know if it's still up but i watched uh gameplay footage of it project triangle strategy the way that this was explained to me that made me care about it at all was if octopath if Final Fantasy Tactics had a brainchild, it would be Project Triangle Strategy. And it has so many cool little elements and mechanics to it that I want to talk about um, that excite me. But what's your initial take on it, Dale? So I think that the mix of Octopath and Final Fantasy Tactics is great. Maybe a better comparison would be Tactics Ogre, uh, just based on the mechanics that we see, but close enough. And I think tech, more people know FF Tactics than anything else. 
one of my favorite things, just looking apart, apart from the visuals, because I think I feel like the visuals are very hit or miss. Some people like the like big, overly bloomed uh, images. Other people hate it. I personally think that's very charming. I think that it services the the two D sprites very well in this like kind of isometric map. But the the mechanic wise, one of the things I was super excited for how things will alter the terrain. It reminded me a lot of playing Divinity 2, where you could cast something on the ground, cast something else on top of it, and an effect will happen. And you can cast something on top of that, and another effect will happen. And just constantly like, keep the cycle going. Really, really cool mm. to me. Yeah, I thought that was really cool too, how you can manipulate like the ground and cast... Um follow-ups i think they called it so like if i'm thinking like a shield bash um i knock you across the map into my spearman that stabs you that's just there was an example similar to that where somebody got kicked across the map into a ready player of their own team that had a follow-up attack and it kind of uh not kind of it, it really does reward you for positioning and planning for each level appropriately. And I thought that was really cool. And I witnessed it a couple times in uh, the beta. It does feel a little gimmicky as um, you could almost exploit it. But I do know that this game is, uh, it's got some time left to work. And they're, they're really open to the feedback that they're getting from this beta about it. Uh, but I thought that was really cool. In addition to manipulation of the terrain is to actually be able to have you know, if you got one dude surrounded, you should all be able to attack him before he gets to attack. And proper planning is rewarded. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I 100% agree with that. I have um the, the scales paused right now in the background. And part of the reason for that is um kind of get Fable vibes from... The way that the story and who will join you and who will sell to you and who will work with you and who will work against you is greatly influenced by your ability to manipulate the people around you. Interesting. Uh, so did you not catch this piece? Because it's, bro, I, I feel like this is going to be one of your favorite parts of this game. No, um, that's, that is one of my favorite parts. Like It's like a choose your own adventure book where it seems like any story path you choose is going to be viable. And whatever answer yes. you have isn't going to be, oh, wrong answer, game over, try again. It's, oh, you chose that answer, we'll roll with that, and the story will pan out based on what you chose. I think that's fantastic. I didn't pick up on the connection to Fable right away, but now that you say that, I I can kind of see those those lines cross. Yeah, I, I, here's what really kind of uh, is intriguing to me right now. We look at the colors, red, green, and blue. Uh, red, green, and yellow. And I'm wondering, do we have evil, good, and something else? What do those colors represent? Are those the factions? Because I know that there's two families at war. Do we have, um, you know, this side, that side, or neutral? I kind of want to know what it is we're balancing and what paths are available to us. In what ways can I tip the scale is something I'm looking forward to finding out. Out of all the things announced from Nintendo um, that didn't pull on my heartstrings, actual games that kind of poggered in my brain, I think this one poggered the hardest. Mm -hmm. 
Also, full disclosure, guys, I did not play Octopath. I know that's sacrilege, but it's currently available on the PC now. And that's where I'm probably going to mess with it. Just saying. I uh, I haven't played Octopath either. All I played was the demo for the Switch. And playing the demo, I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, Not enough to commit to the $60 price tag, but when it goes on sale, stuff to look at for sure. So the next thing I want to throw out, unless you have further thoughts on, on Project Triangle, Square, Circles, Pythagorean Theorem, um, it, it's kind of, I don't know why I'm intrigued by this other than it seems like a new style of game to me that I'm sort of excited for. Did you watch at all anything about Knockout City? Yes. And I wanted nothing to do with it. Really? See, I always appreciate Nintendo trying to come up with new ways to do other things that are out there. How do I do team deathmatch without promoting violence? You get Splatoon. How do I do a fighter game that's not really like blood and gore? You get Smash. To me, this is kind of like your... I don't even know where it falls. I don't know if it's it's a sports game, if it's a battle royale, if it's so essentially, for those that didn't watch it, it's dodgeball. You're playing dodgeball. Um, but it's like extreme, mixed in with parkour, mixed in with, I don't know, it's just Nintendo doing its weird stuff that it does. And I kind of thought it was cute and cool. And I could see it being fun for like a party situation or uh, playing with younger people. As I've been hosting my video game club with high school students, you'd be amazed at what these high school students are interested in playing these days. And you'd be shocked how many are not interested in Call of Duty. Um, How many Splatoon kids there are out there. How many Pokemon kids there are out there these days. And I just compare it to what we were playing. If you weren't playing Halo or Call of Duty when you were in high school slash college, you know, we were all about that violence. Cutting people in half with Gears of War. I just, I don't know, man. I applaud Nintendo for constantly trying to come up with something new and different to meet the same goals and criteria of the more violent adult themed games for kids. And also I could see this being something for like a dad might get down on playing this with his son. Is it, is it, you know, Warzone? No, but is there an element of eliminating people and being the last person standing? I don't know. I'm going to give credit to Nintendo for at least trying here. I think it's cool. Um, I could totally see when we get back in person, us playing this at my video game club. And I'll probably be giving it a try just because it seems it seems stupid fun, man. That's yeah. just me. I mean, uh, I will agree. It seems stupid fun. I think that I, th- I, I do agree that Nintendo taking the what the non uh, super aggressive, super violent approach, to the same kind of games or matches or systems it is very refreshing for sure i just don't think that this is a title that i sure see it's not for you. ever caring about yeah yeah and i try to as i look at these uh events because i did this with the ps5 
And I, I kind of feel like I was very unfair to the PS5. And I looked at stuff. I was like, this is not for me. But PS5, that's why I don't own a PlayStation. And to be honest with you, PlayStation doesn't care about gamers like me because I don't buy their products. Um, they know what they're doing. They know who they're targeting. And I feel like Nintendo is very much so the same way. So I try to put myself in the shoes of like the kids that love Splatoon. I can see them loving this. Mm-hmm. And and you'd be surprised how many of the current high school generation are hyped about Splatoon 3, which I didn't put on the list because uh, to me it's just Splatoon, but Splatoon 3. They didn't even show us any gameplay. It was just the trailer for the opening of the game. So, like, what is there to talk about other than they exist, you know? Um, but, yeah, so that that's my take on that one. I just wanted to bring it up because I, I think it's interesting that Nintendo's out there. And also, the worlds that you play in as you're fighting, here's where my nostalgia self-service comes in. It reminds me a lot of Jet Set Radio. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like that's kind of the art style and vibe I get off of it. And if you didn't mess with Jet Set, then you know. Did you ever really were you ever really edgy in the two thousands? <laughs> so this next one, Dale, I was barely paying attention when it popped up. Um and I heard from the creators of Oh god, what uh Dunganropa comes Dragon Romper. Worlds End Club. Did you peep this one? Yeah, I was actually pretty excited for this one. Um, I figured you would be. The first when I in the first like ten seconds I saw it, I'm just like, hey, this is just Danganronpa Pokemon trainers. Like it looks like you got the Pokemon trainers from Sword and Shield. You put them in a Danganronpa kind of scenario, and you just let them go crazy. The thing that is very intriguing about this one to me is that it seems less similar to Danganronpa and more wanting to like subvert the expectations of your traditional death game because they're not trying to kill each other here they're trying to work with each other and get out and leave and less of a visual novel more of like this action adventure side-scrolling thing I'm I'm very interested in how it's going to play out for sure yeah this one this one interests me more than Dungarapa. I mean, primarily because even though they're cartoony anime characters, there's not a, at least that I've seen yet, there's not some cybernetic bear thing that I don't understand and a bunch of fan service happening. Um, it, it seems to be genuinely trying to tell me a story. Um, it looks cool, man. I'm I'm not going to play it, but I'm hoping that you stream it when you do. <laughs> I, I could see I could see this one being a fun one to just hang out and chat and, and watch you uh, take down. Yeah, I think it's gonna be fun, uh, considering like it's brand new, right? So no one knows what the narrative is gonna be. I think it's gonna be fun to try like predict uh, the different events or sequences that might happen. So something else that that came up, and I'll be honest with you, it's uh. It's minimally on my radar. I did kind of want to talk about it because I feel like Nintendo Direct came out and was like, hey, have you JRPG'd lately? Would you like to JRPG? Did we remind you that JRPGs exist? Um, You know, I I feel like we should do the service of saying they announced a couple people from um, Xenocross or Xenoblade. I forgot which one it was. 
Oh, for, the game. Uh, for Smash, they announced yeah. uh, Pyra and Mithra from Xenoblade Chronicles 2, I believe. Yeah, I I personally didn't play that one. Um, but, you know, in case you forgot that JRPGs existed, have them in Smash so you'll be excited for Prime Project Octopath Tactor Ogre um, game thing working title. Um, but they also are coming with Saga Frontier Remastered, which, I mean, it's it's from that same time period of, you know, the the peak of the JRPGs on like the SNES and um, all that goodness. But this has more of like a cyberpunk kind of futuristic vibe to it or steampunk, not cyberpunk. Sorry. Um, it's kind of cutesy. Something I do hate that they did here, though, and this is, I guess, why they probably took the path they did with um, Legend of Mana. They used updated, it almost looks like mobile sprites, kind of like in the way the Final Fantasy VI port looks now, if you buy mm-hmm. it on Steam. Yep. And that did disappoint me. Um, but Saga is one of those titles, just like Legend of Mana, that's been recommended to me many a times. Because uh, I did not own an SNES, um, so I didn't get down on this. I have mixed emotions about whether or not I'll get involved in it. I'll probably watch people on Twitch play it before I buy it. But um figured I'd put it out there for the listeners that didn't get a chance to watch. Because I do know that it is a well-received title amongst many. Um, I am not one of those people currently, but I could be one of those people. And again to make sure that folks like me could play it, it's going to also be released on Steam. It's not a Nintendo exclusive. I'm really loving that Nintendo is making things available immediately to us, but that only furthers my suspicions that this is just ported sprites um, via the mobile method. Yeah, so I, I got the same vibe off of it. I never played the original game on the PlayStation 1 for more than like, two or three hours never had the chance to never pick it up so i'm definitely gonna go back and revisit it at some point in the future probably not off of release yeah i think it it will end up some way shape or form being on sale for like three bucks at some time you know i'm sitting on i think the only final fantasy i'm missing currently is nine i've picked all of them up minus uh 13 for less than 10 bucks so if it's going to be on steam I bet you will eventually be able to pick this thing up for five bucks or less. And that'll probably be the time that I dive in and explore it. Um, anything I missed, Dale, that you want to talk about from the Nintendo Direct? Uh, yeah, I've actually got a couple of things, a few things, actually, that I'm very excited for or looking forward to. Uh, the first of them being Famicom Detective Club. So we were talking about Danganronpa a little bit earlier. And Danganronpa, for those of you who don't know who might not have listened to our past episodes, I was going through that a couple of months ago, and it's this visual novel. You, uh, it's basically go to point A, go to point B, read through a bunch of text, maybe do a couple of puzzles, and then go to point A, point B, yada, yada, yada. Th- this is called Famicom Detective Club. This is from way back in the NES days, apparently, and was never released over in the West. So this is the first time that we're going to look at this. And this is a great advancement on the visual novel genre. The art looks great. 
characters are now animated when talking. They have expressions. They're doing movements. The voice acting seems superb. I don't know anything about the story, about the narrative, but if you like visual novels, I think it's definitely something to look forward to. So the only piece, and quite literally the only piece that interests me about this at all is it's kind of got that, um, I forgot what Resident Evil game did this, but Ada was one of them. You had to play through as both characters to get the whole story. So one of this is the missing heir, and the other one is the girl that something or other. Um, but they're, they're two tales as part of one story. And I thought that was pretty uh, pretty cool. Now, I don't know if it's sequential, like this is game number two, this is game number three, or this is game number two, side A, or this is game number two, side B. Um, but I, that part kind of interested me, um, if I was understanding them correctly as they were explaining it. But you know me in visual novels, dude. There's just not enough killing people for me. Too much reading, not enough killing not yeah. for us, Dan. Yeah, it's definitely an acquired taste, for sure. I get that. But if you're excited for some killing things or shooting things, might I suggest Neon White? Yeah, I. so I thought about this one. I thought about this one, and I'm not sure if I... So before you get into it, because you're probably going to have a much better assessment of this than me, I will tell you what did interest me about this because I can't think of the games at the moment. I want to say maybe Chrono Trigger, it was called, maybe. Um, it was Chrono something. It was an arcade game where you had like a peripheral gun and a pedal you stepped on to take cover, and you were automatically progressed through a level. Uh, this does appear that you control the character, but the vibe I kind of got was sort of similar, where... It's not quite a first-person shooter. It's more of like a 3D platformer um, while you happen to also be shooting everything. The card system confuses me, so help me out. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty much in the dark as well. I'm just very intrigued to see more about it to form a better opinion. The card system seems interesting. I was wondering if it was like a roguelite first-person shooter and you got to choose your actions and whether you spent the cards. I was wondering if it's like a rail shooter and kind of like the uh, the light gun arcade stuff you were talking about. I I don't know what to make of it, but I like the aesthetic. I like the design, the scenery, the terrain, the enemies. It looks very what eye-catching, eye-popping. I, to me, it just looks like. It. To me, it looks like the Asparta made their way off of the Bleach pages and onto Nintendo's screen. I said what I said. I can definitely see that. I can definitely see that. Something that could be interesting to me, but doesn't appear to be the way it goes. It kind of seems like you pick up the cards as you progress through the level. But if this were to be like a deck building situation. Um, I think I would enjoy it more if that is a piece to it. You know, I go in with these set 30 cards and potentially could pick up these other cards as I go. 
would probably be much more intriguing to me than I'm picking up the cards in the level that everybody else picks up while they play this level. Mm-hmm. Um, so if if that kind of changes, I could see myself being more interested in this. But who knows? Because like you and I both said, like the announcement didn't really make a lot clear other than this is a game about demons breaking into heaven to help. Whatever that means. Whatever that means. <laughs> you know, shit must be bad when heaven's like, yo, demons, get up here and help us. So, yeah. Did you have anything else from Nintendo Direct? I did indeed. Uh, you were talking about your JRPG kick. And what better game to talk about than Bravely Default 2? Mm. This kind of harkens back to the old school Final Fantasy days. The days before 7, 8, I guess we'll we'll count 9. Back to that more like high fantasy medieval style uh, narrative and story. And I guess that Bravely Default 2 takes place in another world, another like pocket dimension, pocket story, whatever, from the first game and Bravely Second. So it's uh, apparently a great starting place to uh, join the series. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think this one probably intrigued me second most compared to Project Triangle Circle Square. Um, a lot of the overworld running stuff to me was far more intriguing than the cutscenes. Uh, the art style of I kind of felt like I was watching Shrek and, and like Lord Farquaad a lot of the time uh, <laughs> with, with the cutscenes and almost like my Mii's, you know, from my, my Nintendo there, you know, my, my me was, was playing, which I mean, they announced something Miitopia or something like that, that did not interest me at all, which was pretty much an RPG with your me. Um, but the gameplay might be enough to, overcome that for me it does seem to have your traditional turn-based rpg fighting mechanics that i love the splash art is beautifully drawn um i just don't understand what happened to the actual game itself when it came to art style because if you look at the backgrounds the overworld the splash art gorgeous the characters seemed like an afterthought to me and i need to be able to attach to a character and I have a really hard time trying to attach to Lord Farquaad. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, the character models are definitely square doing square things. If you ever saw the uh, the DS remake of Final Fantasy 3, I feel like they got the same guy, the same team to work on on the Bravely series. Because there, there are a lot of very similar um, artistic choices. And oh, I apparently also Raven it. from Raven from Teen Titans is apparently in this game too. Even more reason to go get it. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that that one was announced here. Um, is this one? I have to see at the end. Please tell me this is no. This is uh, an exclusive for now. This is going to be a Switch deal only at the moment. I would love to be able to have this on Steam. I'd probably be more likely to play it if I didn't have to play it on the Switch. Um, it'll definitely be towards the bottom of the list of games that were announced during the Direct that I would want to get my hands on. But um, again, if Dale plays it, I'll, I'd be more than happy to watch that. 
pretty much this is my summary, guys, of Nintendo Direct. Dale, I can't wait for you to wa- buy that so I can watch you play it. <laughs> I'm just gonna play uh, I can't all wait to pick it up to play it. To, you know? And, and guys, any games he can't afford to play, you got to buy it for him so that I can watch you play it. That's how it goes. That's how this works. Uh, there's a donation button right underneath his stream at Hey It's Dale with two eyes on Twitch.tv. Um, so listen, make him play it so I don't have to, please. <laughs> Anything else I overlooked? Uh, I think that was everything that was on my radar. Uh, I know that there were a couple of things that I had no interest in. Um, yeah. Namely, like, I know that No More Heroes 3 got announced and a lot of people are head over heels for Nomi Heroes. I personally never got the appeal and it looked really busy, chaotic, annoying to me. And I, I just, I don't get the appeal of it, but I'm happy for people who, who wanted it. Uh, something that I was curious about was Star Wars Hunters, but there was like 30 seconds Nothing. of trailer for it and that's it. Yeah. All they said was that it was a Star Wars third person shooter thing which makes me think okay is this gonna be like a free-to-play battle royale competitive thing i don't know i'm kind of scared for it honestly oh but speaking of battle royales we can play apex legends in 240p on the switch that's exciting i feel like there are so many announcements of like uh fall guys apex legends let's bring dead games to the switch you know I felt like there was a lot of that. Um, something with Plants vs. Zombies where you're actually like controlling the individual characters. Kind of looked like uh, Killing Floor, but with Plants vs. Zombies. Um, also did not interest me at all. Speaking of did not interest me at all, uh, BlizzCon uh, up to this point has not interested me at all. Uh, in case you guys didn't know, World of Warcraft still exists. And they still believe that World of Warcraft announcements will get people excited. Um, that's the thing that existed over at BlizzCon, but they did bring up two things that actually, um, piqued my interest. One of them, not so much as the other. So the first one that I'm barely going to talk about is that, uh, there, uh, revealed official class for Diablo four, which we know is coming. Um, the rogue, which kind of just looks like the hunter class, uh, from previous games. Um, I think it was actually Demon Hunter was the official name of it. My fear with Diablo 4 is that we just get Diablo 3 all over again. And there was so much potential Diablo 3. I understand that a lot of people loved it. But I found that more of us that loved Diablo 2 did not really enjoy Diablo 3 than did enjoy it. I kind of feel like Diablo has gone the same path as World of Warcraft, where they've made it more user-friendly than user-retaining. Um, kind of the reason that World of Warcraft... Uh, was it remastered? No, classic. Part of the reason it's so popular is that a lot of people want that grindy, unforgiving, I have this rare item that you have to work your ass off for hundreds of hours to obtain um, vibe that like World of Warcraft these days doesn't have. Uh, Diablo kind of suffered... Diablo 3 kind of suffered through the same thing. I felt like the early levels provided no challenge. There was no reason for me to have the class I had. Uh, John and I played for probably 15 or 20 levels. And I just face rolled the keyboard the entire time. 
uh, without really being sure as to what was going on. I do know that leagues or, or sorry, seasons brought something interesting to Diablo three late game. It changed up a little bit, but when you think about the drops, you could get Diablo two versus three, um, three just felt too easy it, it, to just put plainly, even on hard, it was a cakewalk. And that's why I stopped playing it. And I worried that four may end up being that way, but I still, I'm still going to play it. Cause I'm an idiot. It's like every every couple of years I have to buy a Call of Duty just to make sure that's still the same game it was 10 years ago. That's kind of how I feel about Diablo 4. Dale, any thoughts on Diablo 4? Uh, nope. I got nothing. I never played Diablo 3. I saw bits of it, so that's not for me. Diablo 2, classic back in the day. It was fine. I didn't get super wrapped up into it like everyone else eh, is what it is i got path of exile i'll take it yeah right and they're really true there's so many games that do essentially what diablo was like had a monopoly on you know you got your divinities your pillar of eternities your path of exile like you have your you have your games that accomplish the same thing now um and to a large degree a lot of them just do it better but something that does give me hope that came out of BlizzCon. And I am worried Blizzard might find a way to mess this up. Diablo 2 resurrected. I had fun with Diablo 1. Diablo 3 was just not for me. Diablo 2, that porridge was just right. It was by far my favorite Diablo I thought it had the correct level of challenge, the correct level of length, replayability, unique item drops. Even if you and I got the same legendary staff, we could get different roles on that legendary staff. The stats weren't necessarily the same. Um, so they, they've announced that Diablo 2 Resurrected will be a thing. Pretty much it's just, my understanding is it's just HD Remastered. If that's all they did... Put in a couple quality of life things, make it look pretty. Let me play Diablo 2. Let me play it online easily with friends through Battle.net. I'm there all day long. You've got me. I will buy that before I buy Diablo 4 as long as Blizzard doesn't fuck it up. I mean, I think we've already kind of said everything Dale has to say about the Diablo series, but this one got me excited. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, somebody like John and I could relive, uh, our glory days in Diablo 2. Maybe maybe we could even get a uh, Mr. Bubbles uh, appearance here, as I know that was the last game he was playing when he had to stop streaming to become Mr. Dad Bubbles. Um, but it'd be a fun game to be able to play every now and then with him. So Diablo 2 Resurrected, because if we're going to do anything at Blizzard, it's remake old games and sucker you into buying them. Hi, StarCraft Remastered. Hi, Wow, classic. Hey, uh, Dale, Overwatch 2 is apparently going to exist at some point in time. You know, and I saw a bit of Overwatch 2. I don't care about Neither Overwatch. Do I. I don't. I'm not great at shooters. I'm not great at Twitch shooters. I'm not great at those kinds of games. The art style was meh. I think the thing I care most about is the lore and the story and the relations between characters. And that's taking a backseat. But... 
I will say the maps look neat. I think the maps that there's do look a lot pretty. to say about the level design and the way that they approach that. And I, I, I say the same thing about stuff like CSGO, right? I don't care about the game. I don't care about playing it, but whatever. But I do like seeing the strategy that players mm. use in moving through the levels and the different like mechanics and techniques and whatever that they do. I enjoy that stuff. So like, it's not something that I'm going to be all about. It's not something I'm going to pick up personally, but I might like watch a couple matches here and there and see sure. how people do what they do. So something that, that shocked me was to find out. Um, so as the new group of people I play Tarkov with are uh, 10 years younger than me, um, Overwatch League does really well, dude. I didn't know it did. Um, I, I kind of thought that it just missed entirely, but apparently it's very well received, very well followed, um, especially with younger people today. So I know that there are a lot of people out there that are excited for Overwatch 2. I'm not one of them. I'm like you. I think the best thing that ever came out of Overwatch was actually the shorts. Uh, the one mm-hmm. about, I can't think of his name right now, um, Bastion. Last Bastion. Oh, man, I cried. If you guys haven't watched it yet, go look up on YouTube right now, Last Bastion, or just all the Overwatch shorts in order. There is a really cool backstory there. Um, but that's all I really... I mean, it's fun occasionally to play with friends, but honestly, there's too much RNG to it for me to really appreciate it as a competitive game. You know, unless you get that that lucky McCree or Widow on your team that actually knows how to shoot, I don't feel like it really matters. Um, just stack everybody on the point and eventually you win. Whoever sits their ult off at the right time gets it. So here's something, though, Dale, I did want to bring up about Blizzard and BlizzCon. And this is something I felt for a long time, but I think this is the greatest example of it without the tournaments taking place at BlizzCon. And the games have to stand on their own. I actually think Blizzard might be a dying company. Whoa, whoa. Those are some those are some words together. What is the last original IP that they dropped? Uh, I've not been paying attention to Blizzard, so I I have no idea. They already ended support on it. What was it? Heroes of the Storm. Wow, that was that was the last IP, and that was just the culmination of all their other stuff, right? Yep, it was their League of Legends version of. Now they pulled one of those things where it was out, but it was in beta for like a year and a half. Um, but when Tracer dropped, that's when they considered the game to be officially released, and they are already no longer supporting that. WoW subscriptions are down. StarCraft, they just announced that they're no longer supporting StarCraft 2, which in my heart makes me pray that's because they're working on StarCraft 3. But as we know, Blizzard... uh, Blizzard uh, takes the Valve approach most of the time as we look at Mm -hmm. Diablo 4. Um, Actually, no, we we have Warcraft 3. Maybe Maybe we'll get StarCraft 3, guys. I really hope so. But they ended their support for StarCraft. They ended their support for Heroes of the Storm. Um, The Diablo 
foam port flopped. Um, they're oh having gosh, to. Pr- I forgot all about that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is they've been missing. They've been living off of the same IPs for so long. I am happy to see Overwatch uh, doing as well as it's doing, but I think they need to evolve outside of the Warcraft, Diablo, Starcraft realm. They need something new, or they need to take their games into the current generation of gamer, which they're not doing they're living off of a fan base that's very dedicated to them don't get me wrong it's it's like the the dudes that still for the 50th time binge lord of the rings trilogy over a weekend um they do have that kind of a following but they've already got their money hearthstone is down right now i forgot that that was a blizzard product but if we actually look at what they're doing out there everything's their numbers are down and they're not really evolving so that's kind of why I have both high hopes and low expectations for Diablo 4. I want them to do something new and groundbreaking with Diablo 4 that makes makes me care again, makes the younger generation care. Because if you're not nostalgic for Diablo 2, are you really getting into Diablo 4 as your first Diablo? Why wouldn't I just play Divinity? You know, these are the questions I ask. Sure, that's that. Sure. That's my hot take of the the night, guys. Is Blizzard is a dying company. Global warming got to the Blizzard. Are we into the thawing now? Yep. Yep. Guys, watch. It's gonna snow in hell. You know. And next, we know Texas is gonna go freeze over. Yep. Yeah, who knows. So overall, guys, I was not very impressed with what I've seen so far from BlizzCon. It is still going on right now. Who knows? Maybe while we were recording this episode, they dropped some brand new IP. Um, maybe before the end of the weekend, they'll tell us that the reason that they stopped supporting StarCraft 2 and they announced it at the time they did was so that they could get us all disappointed and then announce StarCraft 3 this weekend. Who knows? God, I would love that. I'm just going to let everybody know if it's StarCraft 3 is announced. This is now a StarCraft channel. I hope you're okay with that. <laughs> a very poor bronze played StarCraft channel. We're cannon rushing and nothing else. I hope you're all okay with that. Talking about spamlings. I think we got I think we got to everything. I'm looking through the list. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was everything we had planned. Now, some of you might be like, guys, I thought you were supposed to talk about TV shows and movies that were based on video games. Don't worry. We did not forget. We might have forgotten that BlizzCon was happening, and I might not have known that Nintendo was doing a big direct announcement this week. But got to talk about the news while it's there. Yeah, well, let's come back to our tried and true topics. Yeah. Um. So Dale, any final thoughts for the folks? Final thoughts, man. I'm curious what y'all are excited for. Uh, what current new releases, what re-releases, HD releases everyone is looking forward to. Because I know like, I got a lot. A lot has come in a very short span of time. Like We got the Kingdom Hearts, we got the Legend of Man, we got the RPGs, we got the whatever. And I just like to hear what uh, you all are, uh, are interested in. I do have to say, I do appreciate this, the staggering Nintendo is doing with the release dates. 
if you guys actually look, they're pretty much from this month moving through to July. They have something big planned uh, every month. And that yeah. is pretty poggers that, that, you know, right when you're starting to hit that point of it's not new and shiny anymore, they're going to give you something new and shiny to play with. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of standing for uh, Nintendo right now, guys. I might have to upgrade my rig and put capture card in because a lot of the stuff that is interesting me right now is actually coming from the Nintendo realm. So we're going to have to figure out how to play that. Uh, the games that are available on Steam, though, we'll definitely be picking up on uh on steam well y'all as dale said we need your input otherwise this is quite literally just us being talking heads um you guys know how to get in touch with us for those that are watching us live right now on twitch.tv slash sd and the legend um you can also catch dale on twitch.tv slash hey it's dale hey with two eyes Twitter handle of the same. Any place else, uh, Dale, that they could catch you? Uh, those I'm on two go tos. Yeah, if you ever want to get involved in his Discord community, a lot of cool stuff happens there. The best way to get involved in Dale's Discord community is to stop on by the Twitch channel and click the link he has uh, right there at the bottom to get on down to his Discord. We do this live every Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. Come on through. You can catch us on all your favorite platforms, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify. If you enjoy the show, please do us a favor and tell a friend to tell a friend. Guys, until we catch you again, please do indeed. Stay gold, Pony Boy. <laughs>